0: listen yet <whistles> no. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. This is episode 106, 106. As always, guys, I hope everybody is staying healthy, staying safe, and staying inside. It is a crazy time to be alive, but we're going to keep it coming week by week with brand new episodes. I am so pumped about this one. I do wish we could have done it in person, but nevertheless, we will overcome. Episode one. 106 features Greco. I have been following Greco for about 4 or 5 years now and actually right when I started getting into house music I discovered him and he has been one of my favorite artists ever since. We had such a blast doing this interview over Skype. It was so awesome actually because he was doing his Twitch live stream where he reviews tracks for his labels Rossum and Rossum Deep and it was so much fun to be able to interact with his listeners during this whole time as well. So shout out to everybody that was paying attention on Twitch. Greco's got a great story though. We talked about it all. He's had a lot of success in his career and has a really good viewpoint on the coronavirus and how it's going to affect the music industry. We talked about his come up. He grew up in Long Island, but he's been all over. Truly, truly incredible with his sound and his productions. We talked about his brand and his inspirations. Some people have helped him get to where he's at now, including Lo Stepa. Very, very reputable guy in the music industry, but Greco has earned his stripes. I want to give a shout-out to him for making some time to come on this show. It is such an odd time right now, but I had an absolute blast with him. So let's get into it right now, guys. You can hear it for yourself. This is episode 106 with Greco. All right, so guys, this is my
1: buddy Sharon, by the way, from Chicago. If you want to give him a little uh, rundown about, you know, the I think the funniest story is how we actually met.
0: Dude. We at
1: uh, a movement.
0: Right? Was yeah, as hell. we met we met at Movement two years ago. Um, I've been following Greco for a long time, man. Probably like four or five years now. Uh, really, since I got into house music, I've always loved your productions. And I'm just type of guy who follows some someone on social media, and I remember what they look like. There's like with our generation, <laughs> once you see their name and you see their picture on social media, then you're like, oh yeah, I think I know who that is. Right.
1: It was funny, man. Like you I, I think it was the hat that that I got recognized from a lot. Like multiple people were like, "Yo, I saw like I just saw the hat. I saw the logo and I was like, "Oh shit, that's Greco." And I'm like, "Damn." And I was with, I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time that was like bugging me for wearing my hat all the time. I'm like, "Trust me, this shit works." And as soon as we walk in the fucking festival, I get I get stopped by somebody. "Yo, I saw the hat." I'm like, "You see? I'm too short to be recognized I gotta have something going like you know as a a, like something that stands out so that was the funniest part I think about that whole trip and and going to movement and shit and honestly it's been like my favorite festival to like go to and I have I didn't go because we played at EDC last year and it kind of like the weeks were so close together that it became really difficult to like try to Try to figure that out to work, but I'm trying to get back to movement, man. And everything's getting moved now, so exactly. who knows what's happening in 2020. So just yeah, got to take one day at a time.
0: It's crazy to see. I mean, I think everybody for, like, a week was waiting to see what was going to happen. And, like, Coachella canceled, South by Southwest canceled. And then, I mean, Jesus, we were, like, the day of, we were talking about when we were going to meet up in Miami. I
1: like, know, dude. Later
0: that night, it's, like oh, yeah, this isn't going down at all.
1: No. Yeah, it, it sucks because I had a lot, you know, there were so many... I feel like this year in Miami was such a special year. Yeah. And, um, and for a long time, I didn't really see that kind of, like, excitement around Miami like it was this year. It, you know, it's like a lot of the younger producers are starting to come and I had people from like Toronto that I had met that were already planning and had their tickets bought and like everything was settled like taking a shot at like you know going to network and things like that and it you know it was really exciting but obviously I think the excitement is just gonna roll over to whenever this thing actually does uh you know equal out and 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 fizzle out and we don't have to deal with this corona shit anymore and you know, it's like what Fisher keeps saying. It's like the fucking parties, once they come back around, are going to be, like, remarkable. Yeah. Remarkable.
0: Yeah, fucking Fish, man. What a guy. <laughs> He's going to come <laughs> so out much later, fun. for much sure. I think you really said it best before, you know, when we were just doing a, a sound and, and video test, like, only the strong will survive um, in the music industry yeah. from this. And that's not to say that, like, if you don't want to work hard to get into it after this is done, that you can't, but... With every door that closes, another one will open, and it's going to just have to stir some new sorts of uh, ingenuity and creativity. I mean, it's been crazy to see live stream totally that's just been going on, you know? Like, people trying to do a little differently, improving the quality. I don't know, and it all happened in the blink of an eye.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody's having to be very innovative now.
0: Very innovative. And-
1: yeah, and I, I actually had a discussion. I'm just gonna drop your your Instagram tag in the Please, in the chat, chat over, over here. here. Thanks, man. Why is it on screen share now? All right, there we go. So guys, if you wanna follow Sherm, it's right here in the chat. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting time, and it's it, it's gonna kind of weed out the people that aren't really serious about pursuing a, a career in music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also driving people to practice their passions more now that they're stuck at home. Whether you're a musician or not, um, it's allowing people to take more time for themselves, more time for their families. Yeah. Like, Think of all the DJs that never see their kids or their families right now. Yeah. Although it's a tough time monetarily and, and financially, but like the value that they're able to like now recognize again... You know, maybe they lose that over the, the craziness of touring and stuff. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I experienced the tour life, like, on a on a small scale. And I'm very grateful for that. And it allowed me to kind of test out the waters, you know, if you yeah. will. And I, I, I was totally into it. I loved every second of it. But I yeah. can totally understand now when I see DJs that have been doing this for a long time, and I'm over here like, oh, where'd you just come from? And I'm all like, Yeah, you must be loving life. And they're just like <laughs> drained and like, yeah, I just came from fucking Tokyo and I just took a 14 hour flight to Detroit. And now I'm here DJing and then I gotta go back to Thailand tomorrow. I'm like, and me over here, I'm like, Oh my god, this sounds so amazing, but from their perspective, they're just like dreading it's not the it's not what we love to do. That's, dra- you know, dragging them down. It's the it's the motions of like going through security, getting on a fucking airplane, being, oh, yeah. in, you know, in a cramped up space for 14 hours by yourself, then getting off the plane, going to your hotel, then having maybe a fucking hour to sleep or shower and go to your party. And then at the, in the morning after you have three hours of sleep, you got to go to another gig. Right. It's like you have to be so prepared and, and really take care of yourself when nobody else is going to do that for you. So it's an interesting like lifestyle and I I I give DJs a lot of credit for that. Like a guy like Fisher, right? Yeah. That guy is I don't even know. Like how does he do that? Like he's got always so much energy. It's like people are are kind of um molded to do these things. Like yeah, we were, you know, like I don't I don't like to say I was born to do this or anything like that. I think people develop the skill sets to be successful in whatever it is that they want to do. That's kind of why I did music, is like just to prove to myself that this shit is possible and I don't have to be Mozart in order to make it a possibility or or a career (laughs) choice. Um, Because I don't pride myself on being like an incredible musician. I just love what I do and I just want to do that all the time. I want to be around music as much as possible, which I know I can relate to you about because... You know, the podcasts that you've been doing are, I would say, m- the majority of them are all based around the music industry. Yep. Um, yep. So that's really cool. Like, how how is your experience? Like, have you done any interviews with other artists since quarantine?
0: Yeah, I've done. Uh, so it's been like three weeks in Chicago. Now I've been on the lockdown. Um, I've done two other interviews that have been through Um, Skype as well. One guy said who Uh. you know, actually, or he said he knew his his name's Osei. He went to Icon Collective. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, Wade. Because I put put it out yesterday, and he was like, oh, dude, Tom's the man. And I was like, god damn. He was just in the chat, I think,
1: uh, the other day.
0: Was he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we did a Skype interview and had a great time. I just did one last night or two nights ago. And I mean, God, the days are blending together right now, but I'm making do, man. Like, I always try and consider myself some sort of content factory, and this has been a blessing in disguise for me because I've had a break from the usual routine, and I've been able to design my days based around tasks that I have to complete, so yeah, Yeah. it's been different. I'm lucky that I have another source of income with my day job, so I'm not, like, struggling, and trying to support everybody in any way I can in that regard, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's, I give you a lot of credit for doing that because there's not enough people doing these sorts of things that are in the PR or the marketing or promotions of, of music, and that's kind of... Yeah. I feel like we connected on that level because of that. You've seen what we've done with Spira. You've seen what we've done with Rossum, and, and yeah. it really just... Um, you know, we tried to cultivate something, and, and because like what drew me into house music mainly, because obviously I've been a huge fan of just music. Yeah. But when I adopted house music, it was like this sense of family, this culture was like there's this built-in culture about the the you know the the music, and just seeing all these different types of people all coexisting in like this this atmosphere was very inspiring. And I was like, how, like, how have I been alive for so long? Like, you know, before I went to the clubs and experienced it, because you have it's something you have to experience, I think, you know, you can show people your tracks on your cell phone or on, you know, on a, even on a system, and they just still won't get it sometimes, you know, yeah. because it's like, you have to be there with the people. A lot of people, I think, get it misconstrued. Obviously, the music is, is everything. Yeah. But it's the people and the and, and people forget about that is like if you don't have the people in front of you, whether it's physically or or virtually at this point, um, what what is the music really about? Like it's it's supposed to be like this family oriented thing that brings people together. And when you experience that in a club setting or a festival setting yeah. where you look around and people are just either smiling or dancing or having fun. That to me was like, all right, this is like something really special, cause like you don't just see this in the world. Like that's like that's like Mary Poppins shit, and you're walking down the street, everybody, everybody just breaks into like a musical number, right? Like exactly. it's just it's just far beyond anything I've experienced. Obviously, like we all go to concerts and things like that, but yeah. when you're in a when you're in a club setting or a festival setting with house music, or even just in your own home. It's something so remarkable that just captivated me and and I gravitated towards that because I think a lot of us feel outcasted from society, like growing up or trying to fit a certain way or fit into what these, you know, quote unquote norms are for society. And with that, you know, like you just start soul searching. And I think house music is just like... um, such a, an inviting atmosphere and, and friendship and, and family that you wind up, um, like, being adopted into, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's so many sure. friends. Like, when I was the new guy in Tampa when I first started DJing, like, I just had people come up to me like, yo, like, you're really cool. Like, you're over here dancing and having fun and like, yeah. come over and hang out with us. You have a drink. Like, And sure <laughs> enough, up. like, all these people became some really, really close friends of mine. And I've been really blessed to be able to travel and and create these, like, really great relationships with people. Not only just working with people, but just just friendships, like, true fans of the music that have no part in the business but are just there for the music and that's like to me that's so so awesome like some of my supporters have been there through thick and thin and and have supported me through like the ups and downs of of this whole journey which there are a lot like think about it there's this is a huge dip for a lot of people but i think it's really important for guys like myself and you and and everybody in the chat pretty much yeah is like to be on your toes and like be creative more than ever now is like the yeah. time to really think outside the box and do things that um, might be a little crazy. Like, the, like these are <laughs> all those things. things. Yeah. All the things in the back of your head that you've been planning out for the last few years that you were giving yourself an excuse. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I don't have time. Well, if th- now is the time, you know, it's like, so I feel like a lot of people are starting to do that, which is really great. And honestly, like it's, yeah. it's, it, i want to see now what's gonna happen within this next year in the music industry like what's what's now like happening is gonna pretty much change the future of this industry like very substantially i feel like yeah absolutely. production uh,
0: point live performance like how people are going to make their money in the music industry the corporations the smaller venues that might go there's gonna be so many changes but you know you, you said it best in the beginning like where there's darkness there is light so new things will come out of this but you uh crazy they're they're literally online 24 7. yeah (laughs) their channel
1: on twitch does not stop and there's times where yeah they'll have a few hundred like right now but yeah when they do their promotions and they say oh we have our virtual concert with all these current artists that unfortunately we can't see live now at this point but we can still log in and watch these, and people are like raving at home, and and yeah. hanging out, and taking videos, and still marketing the music, and still consuming music just in a different way. Right. So music didn't go mean, away.
0: Crazy. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree, and it's going to be interesting to see. But you know, you're originally from Long Island, right? Yes, sir. So Massapequa. nice, man. My my dad was born in uh, Queens and Bay Side. My cousins, got some
1: cousins. People from queens in the chat actually <laughs> i
0: bet i bet shout out new york hope everybody's doing well out there man yeah. but you know new york like i originally grew up in indiana but still having a lot of friends from new york and stuff it's such a rich music culture over there you mentioned like having that live experience do you remember your first live house show with friends or you know what what comes to mind when you think damn that mm-hmm. was the moment where i realized i loved it
1: so uh sharon was asking me what my um my first like live experience as a
0: DJ was, correct? Yeah, like <laughs> e- either like your first experience or like when you went to a show and maybe it was your first house show or something, like what, what that was like for you and what it might have been.
1: Okay, so so
0: two parts then. Yeah, The first time, there was like
1: one moment when I went to ultra music festival Uh i think it was like 2008 or so and um yeah black coffee was literally on the lineup and he was like way 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 at the bottom on a little tiny stage (laughs) you know like i looked back because i kept the pamphlet that you get with all the artists yeah so um you know i wound up keeping that and uh I looked back and to check, you know, what DJs were playing. It's always interesting, you know, to see yeah. like the come up story. Yeah. So um, that that festival was huge for me. I think I just turned 21, or what's the age on Ultra? You could, yeah, it was 21. Yeah, because you I remember, 21.
0: Yeah.
1: I remember drinking a beer, so <laughs> Sick. Um, it was it was really dope. And I was I remember like looking up at the main stage and just like having that dream like that was the first time i saw a production of that size and yeah. i was like yeah i want to be up there i'm gonna be up there one day yeah and that's how i've just treated it um and it was funny because that kind of sparked that like fire because like i've always been interested in dance music first mm-hmm. with like trance and then uh you know edm and whatnot. I- like more commercialized like uh like big room stuff but i would say like sydney sampson like the dirty dutch stuff um afrojack avici um even benny benassi back in the day like those are all big influences on me and i got to see them live uh even tiesto live when he was playing like trance back in the day like uh traffic and and uh what was it um Adagio for strings and all those like classic ones that he did way back. Like I got to see all of those live and it was super dope. Yo, William, what's good? Thanks for joining back. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was like the first experience for me, like watching something and, and experiencing something. Then my first DJ gig was like really crazy because I was living in Florida and I went to a club. It was the only club It was called Ivory Lounge in Sarasota, Florida, and I went in there and I met the guys that were hosting the parties and it was really cool what they were doing. They were doing like mashups of like top 40s hip hop and house. And I'm like, wow, there's actually a a presence here for house music, which is interesting um, because I thought maybe it didn't even exist out where I was because it was such a small town. And I went in there and I met the guys and I actually brought my DSLR and noticed because I was like coming from a marketing and promotions background. I was like, these guys aren't promoting their parties properly. Like they're not taking recap pictures or videos to promote their next party the next week. They had a Friday night party every week. So I came in there I started taking crowd shots, I started taking, you know, shots of them and and you know the fans that were coming and the the you know the patrons that were coming in each week and we started developing an online presence that way and then I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm making music and if you guys are interested, here's like a little mixtape." And I literally made a mix on like Magic's Music Maker or something. I didn't even have decks, bro. So I'm like selling myself to these guys before I even had the equipment. And in that span of like a month, I bought equipment, I you know, like two CDJ 1000s and a DJM, uh, what was the one that was like for more scratch DJs? It was like only a two channel mixer from from Pioneer and it had a wicked effects uh, module at the top. It was like almost touch screen or something, maybe not touch, but um yeah so I I don't know it' was like a it was one of the pioneer mixers it was a two channel and I literally learned on CDs and then I think a, a week before my first gig they gave me I wound up like getting Serato, so I learned how to play on CDs first week, I trained wait can you first. say that
0: again a week before your first gig?
1: Yeah yeah I learned how to use Serato. <laughs> And, and trust me, the first set was a little rough, you know? It wasn't, like, it wasn't perfect by any means, but it was actually really exciting. I still have a video. Um, oh, you got to send that to me. Yeah, I have a video on YouTube that I can share at some point of my first gig. And uh, my first stream was actually on Twitch, but it used to be called Justin.TV. Yeah. Justin. Yeah. And I did
0: my first...
1: Like, Twitch stream live DJ DJ set at the club up through Justin.tv. Justin. It's so <laughs> funny. <But> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. And, that's, and then that's after that. that, I wound up gaining the residency every Friday. After three months, I became the resident, resident at every Friday of this club because, so because they saw, saw out, how I was hustling. Awesome, awesome. you know, just was a grind. Like um, I was on it every day, um, trying, trying to get better at DJing. My production was a really good Yeah. But, Honestly, I was just like, I was just really into it. I loved everything about the industry, like the recognition I was starting to get for these crazy things that I have that most people, like most family members and most close friends of yours may or, may or may not support what you're doing because they don't, they think it's far-fetched. They might not believe in, not just you, they might not believe in themselves, to yep. capable of doing certain things that don't seem attainable. For most yeah i never I, let that, I, that kind I, of mentality I, dictate what i was after you know what that, that actually, it actually inspires actually me and motivates me to do it even more, more. is the doubt you know so doubt so out, out to the doubt the haters so those people who actually are your biggest and than so the ones that, that will, will, will give you that fire, fire and and push, push you because if you everybody's always so nice to so you then it's like you get comfortable, right? Like, like those, those little, little, like, jabs, jabs or whatever, like, like, I I like to call, to call them, like, little jabs, you know, that, that maybe other producers or DJs or promoters yeah. might throw at you. So, yep. Unfortunate, Fortunately, it's not, not really that happened happen very much. It's a really dope thing at this point. a really dope, dope family back. that we created. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's become kind, kind of like, like a whole thing, you know? So, yeah. It's really cool. So, so I have been, been really been blessed, blessed to not have to, have to deal you have. It's always gonna be people that and hating on what you're doing because they're, they're the people they don't understand they don't understand and they not have that, that confidence, confidence within, within their, their own craft or their, their, own, craft craft or their, their own careers. careers. So, so I always like, said that like I are it's funny because like people that are like down themselves on in life they need they, they also, need also need you to succeed, succeed as, as much as, as, as you need to do it for yourself because you notice you, know you doing that, that. Yep. that's that gonna help them out that. of their foot. And they're gonna it probably get pissed off, off a little bit that, that, that you're succeeding over, over them bad for bad. Whatever, whatever reason. reason. Yeah. It's, it's always, always personal. personal. You know yeah. what I mean? It's always personal that person. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you you it's really their their own insecurities that being let out. So, exactly. it, it's interesting. Yeah. A lot of people, lot of people really really hurt by life. those, those, those haters, haters out there. Out there like, like, I always try to tell people, hate? like, just,
0: just, just don't, blinds 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 don't, don't pay, pay attention, attention to, that. to that shit. Yep. It's just it's a waste so of your so time. Yeah, taking criticism is important, and taking it with a grain of salt is probably even more important. I totally agree, And In the beginning, you're going to have a lot of supporters, and then that's when, like, honestly, I think we can all agree, when you start to get haters, that means you're doing things right. You're absolutely right,
1: <laughs> cause yeah. like
0: they would be hating on you if you were doing
1: shit wrong, cause what they got to the hate, you know? Like, it's honestly, it's it. You really need those people in your life, and and embrace that. When DJM 909, that's what it was, bro. Nice, Rafa Barrios. <laughs> Yeah, so it was the 909 that I was that I was using back in the day, and then people were like, "Why'd you get that mixer? It's a scratch. You're not a fucking hip hop DJ." (laughs) Like, I like it though. I like the the effects were really cool. They were much better in my opinion. But um, yeah, that was kind of my background with like my start, and then coming from like that small little club, I wound up networking and I was going out all the time. Every weekend, I would take a trip north. About an hour to go to this club called Jackson's in Tampa, Florida, Yeah. Uh, just to like see what was going on because it was the closest thing to Miami that I had over there. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that were producing these events, like Pedro M from T- Tampa, they were bringing a lot of these crazy international talents that Tampa had never seen before. So the this is like the thing about this this industry and this culture is that. It everybody's working together, uh, even though a lot of people see it as competition and people like, you know, trying to one up on each other. Everything kind of works together to make this all work and be and be sustainable to have a career in is is because of these people, these different people hosting events, having record labels, DJing, producing radio uh, hosts, all these th- yeah. uh, podcasts like all of these things all gel together and create this ecosystem that we call, you know, the music industry. And, you know, when I was noticing like all of these different like, uh, companies promoting events, you know, I saw how animalistic the competition was. I was like, this is not healthy. You know, like, you know, people shouldn't be trying to close each other's parties down. You should try to like at least be transparent with one another and hit different markets not going yep. after the same, but when it's a small market, you're almost, and it's almost inevitable that that's going to happen. But what it did was it cultivated a scene over the last 10 years that grew into this whole thing. And without those people that push these clubs and push the music. So like, this is shout out to to all the, the resident DJs that are in the United States and around the world that put in those, those hours week after week, building nightclubs, building culture. <laughs> Um, and without that, we wouldn't exist today. We wouldn't be able to call this a career if w- if we didn't have people like that, you know, pushing the scene and going through. Because think about it. They went through that big rut in the 90s when pirating was huge. Like, the whole oh, music yeah. just, just fucking took a, a, a shit. And, you know, for people to get out of that, that says a lot. You know, the people that actually overcame that when they were relying on you know record sales to to as their livelihood like it's pretty incredible to see some of these people make it out and still sustain a lifestyle and a career within music because of their their persistence and their their relentlessness at like being a success in this industry and adapting which is kind of like a parallel right now is that you know, we're going through a big recession in the economy, we can't even go out and have events right now for the foreseeable future, it could stretch for the next six months, who knows. So right now is really important for everybody to like, utilize their time properly, you know, spend time with family and friends like that you can spend with. Um, You know, like just appreciate the small things in life. Like, I think this is really like, you know, allowing people to, to it's like life was just like the world was the pause button. It's like completely paused. Like it, it's such a weird phenomenon that's happening right now. Like nobody in the world has experienced this in, in all the years of existence. I don't think any. and we're so fortunate to have technology advanced at this level to communicate to you like and have a live chat like this to me that's really remarkable and 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 we have to look at that as like the silver lining like yeah it really sucks that we can't see each other and we can't you know go about our everyday lives and continue our work because i know a lot of people are passionate about their work that they do go into each day but now this is like kind of reevaluating what the industry is going to be like, and the potential of what this new vision is going to be. Like, a lot of people are signing up for Twitch, by the way. Like, I noticed, like, Golf Clap doing streams now, and they have a huge Facebook group. And I noticed, uh, like, hundreds of DJs that are signing up for Twitch and that are giving it a go, and that's really awesome, man. Yeah. Like, you have to experiment. Like, you can't be afraid to just think outside the box, do things differently. Yeah, you'll get scrutinized. Yeah, you'll get hated on. But who gives a fuck? Like, who cares about what people think of you and what you're doing? Like, it's none of your business anyway. So, I mean, you just go about your own thing and you just wind up like coming out on top every time. It's always a win when you're doing things for yourself um, with really no influence from people trying to bring you down or whatever. But Dude, it's it's so crazy, honestly. I mean, I was talking to Rob Small. I don't know if you're familiar with Rob Small. He's a really popular engineer and great engineer out in the UK, and he does all of our releases for Rossum uh, mm-hmm. with Master.
0: Awesome.
1: And we've had some really good conversations lately. Like, <clears throat> he's like, "This is honestly like showing who the real passionate people are behind the music." He's yeah. like, "Yeah, there's going to be an influx probably of." uh streaming but also at the same time um sales he says sales are might not be affected too much because there's a lot of live streaming so we definitely want to encourage the live streams as much as possible so that people wind up you know buying music and still sustaining you know what we call our careers in music so it's definitely like a really interesting time to see you know what's what's going to happen with all this and he agrees like he loves the fact that people are being for he said the creativity of the music he's being sent is like here now like it was (laughs) here right like tech house and house music like you know obviously a lot of sample packs a lot of loops
0: splice.
1: like all these things right it kind of saturated the market a lot and now what he's noticing and what i'm noticing too on these streams is we're getting some really crazy submissions and honestly like i totally agree with rob like there's there's so much more creativity and now people have the time to you know get more like to to disconnect from all the bullshit around them and now just even be more focused on their craft and that's I think what's needed when you do a production in any sort, when you're being creative, you have to totally let go of like yesterday and tomorrow and the future and the yeah, you know, like you have to be in the now and the moment and none of that can be a factor in your workflow for that session. Because it only just distracts you from like your 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 intuition, like your voice inside, like what you're trying to bring out. Will be unfiltered if you don't have anything else like in the way of you like like kind of blocking that um, creative that creativity or creative juice that you have that you're trying to put out. A lot of people are saying the same thing. They're like, "Oh, I'm I'm having a uh, I'm having like a creator or writer's block, right?" Yeah. I'm like, take a break, take a walk. We could still walk around, right? Like you could go <laughs> outside and like you know just just be. Like, just do things that are going to let you uh, let to inspire you, like listen to other music, um, you know, take a break from producing. You don't have to like there's a there's a saying about like, I forget it's it's by Paolo Coelho like about how you can train like a horse. Right. Like you're jumping over like uh, these these um, hurdles. Yeah. But if you like if you continue to practice, 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 you're going to fucking burn out and hurt yourself if you yeah. keep doing it and doing it and doing it. I actually had a very similar situation with my knee. I was trying to take videos of me doing flips, and I was <laughs> exhausted, and I'm like, nah, one more, one more. Sure enough, that's <laughs> fucked my knee up for life. Now I have a, a partial tear in my ACL. So, like, that's a great example of, like, yeah. don't burn yourself out. When you feel like you have a, a, a writer's block, take that listen to yourself like take that as a sign as an omen like that is some shit that's real like just pump the brakes listen to other people's music have talks with family or friends like other producers other creatives like those people will inspire you people around you will constantly inspire you because yeah maybe they're on their creative peak and you're down here on your like come up where you're, you're, you're kind of drained of ideas and you need to, like, build those ideas up. And use a notepad. These are great. Like, don't forget to use shit and write shit down because yep, yep. it really re- it stays with you when you write things down. Bro, so I'm right there with you. Exactly. You have to. I have, like, I have multiple planners and, and Writing schedule. Writing down gets it in here. Yeah.
0: There's something about it, right? Like there Even is. type doesn't do the job. Dude, it's, it's crazy because a lot of people are going to have to go outside their comfort zone and there's going to be some expectations, but I mean, you've done an incredible job of not only branding yourself, but your sound, man. Like, did you, how long has it been since you made your first track and how many tracks have you released at this point?
1: Ooh, um, I don't know how many tracks, but um, the first track that I really felt Accomplished about was on Nervous Records back in 2014. Yeah, so about six years ago was like my first like reputable release that was recognized and obviously Nervous Records for a guy growing up in New York was pretty much like yeah a really a really great day for me like as a signing and I was actually halfway through my um. I'm actually getting some feedback on my side, but I was um, halfway through my course at DubSpot learning how to produce music yeah. like on Ableton and all this shit. And honestly, it was really cool because halfway through, I was able to say to my teacher, I got signed to Nervous Records. (laughs) And he actually went through my contract and marked down, like, all these things in my contract that should get changed. (laughs) Like, it was just such a blessing, man. Like, that for me was monumental, and it also goes to show that... Getting some education on production is is literally so important. Yeah. Because I was self taught for a couple of years mm-hmm. and I was just hitting a fucking brick wall. I yeah, couldn't yeah. I couldn't mix down properly. I didn't know how to master things. Um, my knowledge of the music business also grew by going to school and being exposed to these people that were in it for a long time. It's over half there the just a lot of a lot of things that you don't learn. By yourself, by yourself and, then, and it's, like it's like anything else in life. You always need a teacher. Yep. Whether you're trying to be a cook, or you're trying to be a martial artist, or you're trying to be a, fu- a physics scientist or something <laughs> like these are all things that you have to learn. Yeah. And you have teachers for so like take that into account. And when you when you do see these classes from other artists, um, they're usually nine times out of ten really beneficial for you as as. As an artist, to learn. Yeah. Whether you're an established artist or a new artist, there's always bits and pieces of information that you could take from other people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that will aid you in the future or with your productions, which is really incredible, honestly. Like that to me was was really important, and when when I learned that, all right, like this new this new music production class is actually working. They used. They actually had me as like, um, almost like a, they promoted me as like a success story on their website and on their, That's awesome. their socials.
0: Yeah,
1: it was really cool. Like I love, I love inspiring and trying to be a leader in everything, everything that, that I do. do. Um, even in martial arts, when I was doing martial arts, I was, I, w- I would be considered as a, like a leader of our team, and to like, so, like choreograph like, certain dem- demonstrations for either competitions or just live demos for a school or whatever and um, I'm like a huge you know Ninja Turtles fan (laughs) Uh, you know Power Rangers Dragon Ball Z so I'm like I've always been like motivated you know like I got the I got the Dragon Ball right here bro
0: oh my fucking guy I love that (laughs) (laughs) so like
1: those those shows only promoted like like hard work um, I was obviously like being like, I'm a martial artist so I resonated with that a lot so I always wanted to be a Ninja Turtle I wanted to be the real like Power Ranger <laughs> and um, yeah it, it was really cool honestly and it just it just motivated me to like strive for like greatness you know yeah, absolutely. Um, never to like never to do anything half-assed either because if you're not going to do something with with your all
0: then you shouldn't do it at all absolutely man Totally, yeah. and, and you've you've always been in in my eyes like someone who's done it a little bit differently, like with your actual productions. Can you hear me okay? Yeah,
1: I was just uh, somebody was telling me to take them, the phone away from the. Uh... <laughs> Do you guys hear me better now? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's good,
0: no. Okay. I'm well, trying
1: to read the chat at the same time. We got so. a lot of people helping us out. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, in my eyes, dude, you've always had a sound. Uh, your kicks, in, in my opinion, have always stuck out in whatever way you're doing it. And, and I'd love to get granular, but um, do you feel like, what is your sound and how do you make it so? Because Rossom Recordings has his own sound. Greco has his own sound. But like, what is that? If you could put it into words. And I know that can sometimes be hard.
1: Uh raw underground house music. Like in yeah. every form of that too. It's like I love Todd Terry. Uh-huh. Um I love like when I started going out to shows, obviously I was exposed to a lot of different styles. Yeah. And I went through the motions too, even as a producer. Yeah. I started producing minimal techno and shit. Like <laughs> Totally different yeah. from what I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that was my progress and my journey as a producer. Like, I went on this, like, wave of different styles. Like, I first started producing, I was trying to make trance. Then I tried <laughs> make, making cascada shit. This is, like, when I was 17. Yeah. <laughs> then, you know, I moved back to New York and I started taking this shit more serious. And that's when I was like, I can explain better to my instructor, like this is the sound I want, like this right. is the style that I like, and even during those times, I was still confused about where I wanted to take my sound. Like I still didn't know exactly, and I still don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's still a mystery, and and that's what's exciting to me is that, yeah, you know, music is is a form of art, and it's a, and it's it's something that you want to keep fresh and creative but obviously there will be a lot of like um, underlying factors that do stay very similar like obviously you're saying like the the strong drum, strong kick drum like these things are just styles that I really resonated to the most and I went to a house gangster party by DJ Sneak uh, at BPM in Mexico Yeah, and I think that was when I walked out of a party knowing what the fuck I wanted to be in. Like uh, I walked out of the I'm um, a house gangster party being like, this is the shit that I want to do for the rest of my life. Hundred
0: <laughs> um, percent. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like I totally. went to
1: techno shows, I went to like tech house and and minimal and te- like every different style: trance, EDM, the whole nine. Yeah. But then going to this party and then coming out of that house gangster party was honestly it was so amazing. And like, and like Basement Jacks played, even like Carla Leo. Um, Hell yeah. Dubfire played, obviously Sneak, Doc Martin. Yeah. And like I've had the pleasure of seeing them as a, like, as a fan, as a true fan at these parties like looking from the ground up. Yeah. And then to my most recent like big networking experience which was living in Ibiza for a summer and like DJ, I'm in the booth with DJ Sneak, and he's passing me the blunt now. <laughs> and I'm like, "What is actual life right now?" I didn't know you had I, be- I was That's like, awesome. Bro, Sneak just passed me the blunt, and I'm like, "I was so, <laughs> I was so excited for something so stupid, but it was just like Dude. for me, it was so special. Like Josh Butler's in the booth. killed yeah. um, Caleb, uh, who was it? Caleb Calloway." Um Jesse Perez, Doc Martin, all these guys. Yeah, it was just it's just I I'm very like reserved when I'm in a booth with like these legends that I consider. Like I'm never like fanboying super hard. Like I respect the boundaries of people and like just chill. Like just be you. Don't you know, like you could obviously say hello, but just make sure it's at the right time. Don't bother a DJ when they're about to get on and fucking spin their set. They wanna be in that mode, you know. They wanna have a conversation for 30 minutes about your journey as a DJ or your 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 love for them like just give them a quick like, like fist bump or whatever <laughs> and then you can you can approach them maybe after this set when it, when it makes a, you know more sense
0: yeah so That's for me awesome.
1: honestly like that was when I, I knew my sound I was like this is a really great sound like the, the vibe of the party was incredible um, Honestly it was just like the 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 whole atmosphere people were dancing from start to finish too I don't I take notice really. to that. I take notice to the energy yeah. of a party when I, like coming from Chicago, bro, yeah. like you got great clubs and I feel like nobody gives a shit. Like people will dance no matter what. <laughs> that's and that's true. what I love. I love dance culture. Yeah. And, and um, nowadays it's like the, the younger kids are starting to shuffle and do all these different styles of dances that also cultivate our scene and are a big part of our scene. Which is super cool. Like yeah. I, I love all of it. Like I love every part of it. Like, like hula hoopers, shufflers, people that are into fitness and just getting into this stuff. Like, like I notice a lot of people that are into fitness love dance music because it pumps them up for the gym. Yeah. Um. Yep. Even when I go to the gym and I'm like wearing my Rawsome hat, they're like, "Oh my God, is that like a like a Raw Foods brand?" <laughs> like maybe, <laughs> maybe one day it will be. So, I mean, it's kind of funny, bro, honestly. But, um, yeah, for me, it was definitely, like, a mixture between, like, the legends. I really have a lot of respect for and, and a lot of admiration for the guys that came before us. And yeah. I think me being 32, I have a I have a a bigger purpose now also to kind of share that sort of knowledge and that experience with people coming up so that they know where it came from. Whether or not you want to fuck with it, you should still know your history. Like you come at me not knowing who Todd Terry is, (laughs) I'm gonna educate you. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking lay the truth down. Yeah, man. Um, And that goes for a lot of guys. You know, like even Calvin Harris, for example. Everybody knows Calvin for his like big. Records, but a lot of people don't know the David Geddes and the the Calvin Harris's from the past, where they're making dance music like really good shit, too. And it's great to see that they're finally coming back to that,
0: dude. They are, like, if you notice, Love Generator, yep,
1: yeah, Love Generator, Eli Brown. Eli is just he's gonna blow up from that. That's That's a huge huge opportunity. And he was
0: already like up here, you know, in the he
1: was already, yeah, in my opinion, like top tier production production is,
0: is, is absolutely bar none, like so good top of the top well you know when like the top of the top start collaborating with these guys you know the Solardos of the world and so on and so forth leaf fosses swear, and stuff. Bro. yeah man but that's so cool i couldn't agree more with that you know if you look at david guetta's like main stage ultra set he's dropping um you know house and techno and saying we're going back to the club and he started off as a dj at a gay club in france I like I exactly. This is I'm, all, I'm wild. all about the history of that too, man. And um, I a house has always gone like this. And there's all these trends that go up and down in the yeah. music industry. But like house is finally hitting that axis with popularity. I mean, I was gonna ask you about like your refixes and remixes. Like you just did the box, right? That's the number one viral hit right. in the world. And I'm seeing a lot more producers like yourself bridging the gap between you know streamable and pop and radio friendly with club hits and I think that yeah. like you're doing such a great job of not only picking great songs that you resonate with but what will work well in a festival or club. Do you like pick certain songs for a reason or what's like the inspiration for remixing a track? It's literally
1: that, it's whatever inspires me like yeah. on, in the moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, all right, so, all right, the, so most the most recent, recent one, one is Rick Astley, Astley. the Rick Yeah,
0: it's just like it's a, two weeks ago, right?
1: Right, like I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite right? right? Like. <laughs> last month and they licensed licensed that record and the stupid little dance that he does for an emote (laughs) with the video game so like now you can you can make your character on Fortnite dance to the rickroll right so i'm like so so of course course i buy it it. yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i buy it and i'm thinking to myself wow this would be like like such a great time to to remix this you know like like, 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 fuck it let's do it it. and um that's just how it works. Like I, I learned really early on by doing the, the the remixes and the refixes, reworks, whatever. Yeah. But free downloads, more importantly, yep. have been pivotal to my success. That's yep. literally one of the biggest things. Or when I look back at what the steps were, or what what got me to where I'm at now. Yep is 100% like those free downloads, like getting recognition from DJs that I would have never caught the attention of if I didn't do a Music Sounds Better remix, you know? Which winds up getting picked up by Low Step and Pushed Off BBC. You know, like like, those kinds of things could have never expected, but it was was purely out of joy that I was doing those remixes. I was like, I love this track. I hear it differently in my head because obviously it's like a little bit of an oldie. Yep. Like, want to bring it up to up to date, you know, so we can play it in the clubs. Yep. And uh, they just still—they're perpetual, bro. Like those <laughs> remixes still get downloads to this day. Like yeah. people are still discovering me through these li- like little free downloads that I did, and they don't take very long. They take, take a, couple a couple days, days at, at most. most. Um, sometimes just usually a day or two.
0: You've got the template, um, then,
1: huh? It's not even a template. It's like every every remix is different. But I guess I have like my my workflow at this point. Like gotcha. I know my um, I have my I have like my certain drum samples that I would like to use right. for custom records. I've got this beast behind me, which is like my go to uh, drum machine now, which is the Tres by Roland. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's, it's literally, I, I, I make every
0: track with that now. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, you've had so many great releases on very reputable record labels. I mean, you mentioned Nervous, right? But you've had Strictly Rhythm, Tool Room, Sweat It Out, Country Club Disco Man, Get Drunk. That track fucking banged, by the <laughs> way. I was. Really uh, fun, I had a, I had a big show a few months ago. I was opening for SHIBA at this Con- uh, Concord Music Hall. Oh, and I had that track on there, and I was like, I know exactly when to play this. It was like ten minutes before they went on, and dude, it just like hit so hard. So from like DJ to DJ, like you make tracks that DJs want to play, and I think that's you know obviously everybody wants to make tracks that other people will play, but. Your music is very playable, which I think is one of the greatest parts about your productions. So I just wanted I to that. acknowledge you on that. But I wanted to ask—I mean, other than maybe Nervous Records—are there any releases that have meant the most to you, um, and why?
1: Um, they're, they're all, all really, really special, special, man. Like yeah. every every work of art that I put out is oh, I you have to treat it special. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. You don't want to treat any release any differently from the next because you should take it with the same passion, the same energy, and excitement as you do for any other one. Yeah. Um. I will say this: strictly rhythm for sure is is like a monumental yeah milestone for me personally as as a producer, as a DJ, like just as a music consumer. Strictly rhythm is just a pivotal like benchmark of a record label that's influenced this industry whether you want to see it or not they they were a huge part of this this whole style of music becoming Absolutely. popular yeah. and, and being brought to light so yeah like that one Sima Black was a huge one cuz I busted my ass to get on that <laughs> label I literally I snuck backstage to meet low Steppa. <laughs> Uh, At Warehouse Project in Manchester. Like, I talked my way backstage. Move your body, right? Look, Lo Stefa hit me up. Like, I'm on his label. Like, meanwhile, I was not on his label yet. Like, he just had started, like, playing my Music Sounds Better release. Yeah. And uh, I had demos that I sent him, like, a month or two ago, but he hasn't listened. And I'm like, fuck, like, we gotta go. (laughs) <laughs> Even further, that's your You're a salesman, I'm dude. With, I'm with my boys in in Manchester, and I'm like, yo, just follow me, follow my lead, because like I'm used to being in these settings, and not only was I DJing every Friday, but I come from a radio background where okay. we used to produce events when I was like 17, 18 years old, working huge events. Yeah um, from the ground up, so, like, it was funny, because I'm, like, all right, it's all about confidence, you walk in there, you act like you belong there, they're gonna fucking, they're not gonna question you, so I'm, like, all right, let's go, I'm, like, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 I'm, like, talking really quickly, so, like, and showing her the phone, like, this is low stuff of me, and then talking, I'm, like, I'm just gonna be right backstage, me and my friend, like, I just wanted to say hello and, and he invited us back. Sure enough, <laughs> the lady let us right in. Hell
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and we got backstage and I like gave Low Step a little like a little like pound and afterwards we got to talking. We took a picture that I have on Instagram. It's like it's awesome. fucking years ago at this point. It was so funny, man. But Will is is one of my best friends in the industry and he's been another like you'll meet these people along the way on your climb up. Yeah. And you'll, you'll notice the people that really believe in you and that promote you and, and, and like, push you. And Will was, like, Stepper was a huge part of that, man. And and I, I, I can't thank him enough. And he knows how grateful I am for the opportunities that he gave me. And, like, we still talk to this day and still keep in touch, we yeah. still support each other in what we do, like, it's just really cool to see those people. Like, Kenny Dope is another one. Yeah. Tal Terry is another one. Like, they both put me on their record labels, which is another, like, huge milestone for me to be just recognized by guys like that. It's, yeah, man. It's really, you know, profound for me as an artist. So, I, I take those, like, really, um, I take them, like, I'm, I'm very proud of those. And you got to be proud of, like, your accomplishments. And, um, right now, I'm really proud to say that like, I'm going even further at developing this branding and I'm going to be opening up another label, um, hopefully by next month, for more listening music, stuff that I've done with uh, wave artists or hip-hop artists that okay. are completely outside of Rossum. Okay. And I want to be able to showcase that in a way that's kind of untouched, like I was... Like Ultra Music was interested in these records, Insomniac was interested in the records, but they had little critiques about them. Right. Which I was I was down to do, but never got back to me. And at that point I was like, do I really want to compromise what I feel comfortable and, and like happy and proud about? Or do I want to conform again, which was like my whole fucking beef about not working for other people. Yeah. So In that sense, I'm like, all right, we're just going to open up another label and try something new, you know, like just just for my own self-releases, though. This is just like just to have a platform for myself for these random collabs. Yeah, those are I'm really excited about because they really flirt with different different styles. They're with with totally different different artists from from house music. music, So it's my way of being even more creative now, which is kind of like Like, the whole purpose of what I do is is just to kind of. Just be creative and have fun. Like, some of the fun was drawn away from producing Tech House and house music for me for a little while, because it became, think about in 2017, 2018, for for me personally, those years I was cranking out records. Like cranking them out, because it was a hot year or two. Then it came to a so, point where things slowed down a little bit, and I'm like, all right, you know, do I, like, I'm, I'm feeling the need to create, to be more creative and yeah. more outside the box. And, you know, it takes those little projects to kind of, you know, when you have writer's block or you're not feeling a certain way about a record that you're producing, sometimes you need to just go even further outside the box. Like, just maybe do a trap beat, you know? <laughs> like, like produce a hip-hop beat or something, yeah. or a drum and bass beat. Like, expand your, your portfolio and try to expand your sound, in a sense, and like, diversify a little bit. Because, yeah, those records never see the light of day from me. I've made liquid drum and bass before. I've made like future bass <laughs> tracks, but like they'll never see the light of day because they were just, just there, for, like purely for enjoyment and for myself right. to experiment and to kind of see what I can do with these different styles. Mm-hmm. And you learn from those. And you can take those techniques and, and those teachings and th- that thing that you learn into your house productions, yeah. and that only creates even more diversity to your sound that will separate you from you know the vast majority of yeah. what's being produced now. And it's only getting more difficult. You know, like there's more younger kids. We got a we got we got a producer in our chat that's 11 years old what? from Tampa, Spain, and he's killing it. <laughs> I'm about to sign them
0: I'm like put your mom on And your dad on the line Dude cause there's on, no on the barrier job. to entry wow. for them Right like when, when you None. were growing up When I was growing up like I mean you were talking about the mixer you first had right Like these guys have access to DJ equipment And then they have access to Audio produce and sound engineering And like right. everything about Music production earlier than we ever did And it's just because of the times That they live in and it's crazy Right there was no schools for us back then. There was no schools. And now there's production schools that you can go to and YouTube university. Online. I mean, yeah. Like YouTube.
1: YouTube is even just as good sometimes. Like you yeah. gotta dig a little bit, but YouTube is if you're if you're really like tight on money, YouTube is one of the best platforms you can, you can learn from. You People are up. always trying to teach on, on, on YouTube, so oh, you man. can take advantage
0: of that. Or like what you're doing, man, with these Twitch live streams. Like, that's that's invaluable, man, and, and I commend you for that, for taking the time to help out the little guys. Like, you were there at one point, and you had mentors, like you said, so, you know, the more guys we have in the industry, like you- Paying there, it forward, man, yeah. Paying it forward, bro. I mean, raw awesome recordings, though, man. Let's talk about that for a sec. Like, when did that come to fruition? And, you know, it, you've come so long. And now you have Rawsome Deep, and now you're just talking about another record label. Like, you've got a lot of visions for a label, and it's not easy to run a label. What is, what is like, the overarching goal that you try and, you know, always hold yourself accountable for with the label?
1: Um, I think it's, it, well, what we started was Spira, right? So right, Spira was, was, like, pretty much, pretty much the Rawsome when we the opened the it. it. Right. And it was, like, it was like our, our platform to kind of showcase. Our tight little group of producers at the time. This is 2014.
0: Yeah.
1: So, this is literally when I was first getting signed to my first release on Nervous. I started being inspired. Like, I'm getting denied from all these different blog sites to promote my music or to promote anybody's music. Yeah. I just want to create something of my own to really facilitate that need of sharing music that I enjoy. Yep. Over the years, obviously, we had better plans of attack, we had better promotions and marketing and whatnot. and as that, as the level of um, productions got higher and higher, and I only wanted to make a real label, because this is a, Spear is a promotional label, I wanted to make a real label at some point, but I was actually only going to do it when I attained success, Mm -hmm. when I felt like I was a, uh, I was a successful DJ and producer that it would be much easier to open up a label because then people are already already following you and And will adopt your label that much quicker because you're already a success. That wasn't really the case for me. I had small, little successes, and through Spira, you know, Spira inspired me because we were getting so many great submissions. I was like, I guess now is the time. Yeah. And as I was starting to formulate that, I had that record be on in the background produced, done. Just sending it to like Lo Steppa and Sonny Federa and I sent that record to Defected, Tool Room, yeah. Kenny Dope, everybody. Everybody passed on it because they didn't want they didn't like they didn't know how to get the license. They're like, I don't know, like we can't really deal with that kind of like that workload because it's a lot of work. Yeah. So I wound up just saying, hey, fuck it. There's the start of Rossom. Like, here's my opportunity to start the label. You yeah. know, like, you've got all these great submissions. I got like a really tight family that we've started creating. Like, why the fuck not? Yeah. And in in the midst of that, I started doing some free downloads to, de- to kind of develop the label, get some awareness going. Sure. So that by the time in March of 2017, we had a nice following and some, some awareness to push the records. Yeah. That fucking track just took off. And then with Clank Huntsler, it was like, then it took a new form. So it was really, really? totally unexpected. And yeah, think man. about this. If somebody else signed B, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, man. I don't know if, my success, if I would have been as successful as I am now. But I'm very grateful for those denials because that's what, but, drove me to open my own thing. That's So awesome. for that reason, I'm very grateful for the doubters, the haters, the people that don't want to support you in a way or do the work for you. You have to do that work yourself. It's like, you know, it's like you can't let other people, you can't rely so much on other people sometimes. So this was a really good um, example of that. And it turned into a huge, like, I can't imagine what... what my career would be like right now if that all didn't happen right there. And there's just like, it was just a very spontaneous thing. I say awesome a lot. So I'm like, I like Raw House and awesome Rossum. You know, like it was just like a weird, like it all just fell into place. Like One of my best friends, like, I still have the sheet of paper, back to the paper, writing your ideas down. (laughs) Literally had an idea of a boat party or a party series in New York based around our new Rossum brand.
0: Yeah,
1: and it was just wild man like honestly like I just tried to stay on the cutting edge as much as, much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I Feel like Rossum the main label took its own form after a while because we just became notable for a sound for that tech house sound that big club bangers type yeah. sound. And in the beginning of Rossom, we were pushing more of that Rawsome deep sound, but yeah. at the time, it wasn't really as accepted, especially on B-Port. It was mainly a track source thing. Yeah. And like guys like Chris Stussy, for example, mm-hmm. were producing on like large music and styles like, like Step Junior and yeah. things like that. Like that was a really popular style then. But the only guys that were pushing. Like these new deep minimal tech sounds that I'm really liking now, were only vinyl only. Like they were only producing vinyl, and it was so upsetting because I was like, "I really want to get you guys on," yeah. But you're telling me no. I, I can't do anything about that, and <laughs> and the people weren't. I was losing money every release in the beginning of Rossum. Awesome. Literally, almost every release lost me hundreds of dollars, almost. Yeah. So like it's it's it was like I was working a nine to five. Then after I got off of work, I would go to school in the city and then I come back and then go to work the next day. But in the meantime, I was trying to fit in the, any any time I had to develop the label my lunch breaks during work, I was doing Spiro releases. Yeah. Like it was a grind, bro. It was literally a grind work, school and then the side jobs with all the, the labels and then traveling on the weekends to gig. It was the the hardest working year of my life. My uh, I think it was like 2015 or so when I moved back to New York, 1415. Mm-hmm. But that shit was, you know, like if you're in that if you're in that um, that part of your life where you're grinding really really hard and you're at your breaking point, just don't quit because it's always right where you're gonna break.
0: Yeah.
1: That things start to you know start working out like right at that point it's
0: you know it's like right at the cusp dude I, I, I feel that like on so many different levels I feel that like in my life right now too you know like I'm doing the day job I'm grinding I'm doing the podcast make my own music DJ gigs I manage a few artists the whole shebang right and I know that this is tough but that's how it's supposed to be this shit ain't supposed to be easy and those little victories, right? Like you don't want it to
1: be easy. Then, no, and, you don't. There's nothing special about it. You yeah. know, you have to work hard to to attain these goals in life. Whether it's for music or anything else, you know, if you want to get recognized, and you got to take the time and, and do it right, and be persistent and hardworking, and and you have to be resilient in this industry. Yeah. People forget persistence. And, and is I not feel right like work. artists don't get enough credit. You know what I mean? For the amount of rejection that we experience in a lifetime as artists, to continue on that path shows a lot of character. Yeah. And that goes a long way when people are looking into your story and they're like, Alright, now I'm a producer. Now I understand what other producers go through and I can I can relate to that, right? I can have empathy for those those situations. But when I tell people those rejections you can turn that you can spin those rejections into a success story yeah, just, just like, like I, it would be yep and, just and just like, like i've I, done with a lot of my records like it's honestly you know you just gotta make what, what's happening right now in the world is like, like turn those lemons into lemonade as cliche as that sounds now. it's <laughs> like it's what you have to do yeah or you could just sulk and just cry about it <laughs> and get nowhere in life like honestly it's up to you yeah. it's really up to you Yeah, man.
0: Well, well, props to you and Rossum, like, you've built an incredible label behind yourself. Well, I've got
1: incredible people like yourself supporting us to thank for that. And without people like yourself supporting us, and, and the artists, and the fans, and the DJs, everybody that supported us, that, to me, doesn't get overlooked. Like, there will never be a point, no matter how big I get, or how big the perception of me becomes... I will always still retain that same sort of attitude towards this whole thing that we do. Like it's very um, special to me, mm-hmm. and and I want to make that um, very. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I want to make that <laughs> that obvious for people, yeah. so that because uh, you know I'm an approachable person. I feel like, and I want that to always be the case. Right, um, a guy that I've had a recent um, like experience with was um pasquale rotella yeah the guy that runs insomnia right of course i met him the first time in the vip bathroom at edc las vegas that i played at last year last year yeah and it was such a weird experience because we're in the bathroom i pass him like you know like we're both washing our hands after we took a piss (laughs) and he's in there with his boys like you know just shooting the shit and I'm washing my hands, I grab a fucking napkin, give him, like, a paper towel, right? Like, gotta respect. I know who the fuck you are. I know who you
0: are. Bad year uh,
1: Sure enough, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to, like, you know, so I wait for, it, for us to exit the bathroom after we wipe our hands. And I say, hey, you know, I didn't want to bother you, but thank you so much for putting this this event on. I'm playing at the Wide Awake Art Car uh, through Joe Wiseman and in in Rotation. I was like, you're a true fucking inspiration, man. Like, I just like, I look up to you in so many ways, like how you've developed such an incredible thing. Like, what do you even call that? Like, it's it's complete culture, man. Culture to culture. He's he's literally created something so remarkable out of literally just being an avid fan and crazy enthusiast behind underground music and, and dance music. So. For me, these are the people that I aspire to now. Like I'm looking at guys like Destructo as well. Yeah. Uh, And and what's what's uh, Destructo's name? Gary, right? Yeah. yeah. So So, Gary is another one, and I and I watched multiple interviews with these guys, and like uh, I'm just blown away. I'm literally blown away. Like I thought my workflow was pretty tight. I can't even hold a candle to these guys. <laughs> like, I need to. <laughs> it's so crazy. But, like, th- this is kind of the, the the thought process I have now and the aspirations that I have now. And um, we're actually about to host a music festival this year. But with, with all that's happening, um, we're pumping the brakes on that. And luckily, we dodged a bullet because we didn't really invest. A crazy amount of money yet into any of the bookings and that would have been a huge huge deficit for us as, yeah, as first time sure. and most of these festivals are, are rescheduling for later on in the year like in fall which was going to be the time of our festival yeah so i'm like you know what you can have 2020 i'm <laughs> giving it to you guys <laughs> yeah. and and luckily our our acronym like, like our tag is omf 20 xx okay so it was like dude uh, like one of my partners was like oh why didn't you do 2021 what the fuck is 20xx i'm like it's
0: the year is unknown you know what yeah I, mean? I love that you didn't you did not pigeonhole yourself Perfect. bro yeah
1: <laughs> you're yeah, really, really lucky man
0: yeah i mean really lucky. 2020 in regards to whatever happens with festivals will definitely be determined by the major players the insomniacs the live nations the big boys right yeah but that's just the world we live in man i mean but you mentioned EDC Las Vegas, man, and uh, you've done so many awesome things, so many great shows. Like with all your music, it's given you great opportunities—festivals, venues, clubs all over the world. I mean, ADE had a awesome event. You played in Gibraltar. Like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> I can it's wild, man. When you when you start, this is the thing. When when you're a DJ it's very hard to market yourself to the world economy, to the world, the market of the entire world, right? right. House music is a it's shot heard right. around the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, think about that. Mm-hmm. Anywhere you go in the world, there's some sort of presence. And that to me is really remarkable. That's something that doesn't really happen very often. Not even in certain sports will translate to different countries that well. Yeah. So in that respect, you know, like, being a producer helped my name branch out to these different countries, these different cities. Like, that's how we, we me and you, connected. Is, yeah. is the fact that I was making music and and these tracks were actually hitting, you know, all these DJs from around the world. Like, I'm very fortunate to have had. A lot of successful tracks when it comes to either a free download yeah. or when it comes to B or get drunk or the strictly rhythm thing yeah. Mad Tech, like those are all real monumental releases for me yeah so it's incredible how far like you may not think it at the time that you're making your records but the possibility of reaching millions of people is there yeah the tools are there for you to utilize, to hit those numbers. But it's up to you to do the work to figure out that fucking, that code. Like, yeah, it's man. like literally, you're trying to play a video game, right? And you're trying to get to the final fucking level but you keep fucking hitting a wall. And you're like, shit, like, what, what's the fucking strategy guide say? Oh, you got to jump over this way, go on. Like, there's just a, there's a system to success, I think, and it's obviously a lot of hard work, but you have to be very diligent in the way that you go about these things and, and be very persistent and learn as much as possible. Like, knowledge is power. Like, you really, really want to learn and soak in as much as possible when you're going after anything in life, whether you want to be a DJ or not. Like, you just have to be a master at your craft. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really awesome to see the come up stories. I think we went we went through another thing on, a, on another stream. Somebody had a question about um, pulling older music, like pulling music from their catalog yeah. because it doesn't resonate with their current sound. Hmm. I have a little beef with that. Not only does it like take time out of my day to have to take music down, but it will also like Kind of erases your history yeah. and your come-up story. If you don't have anything to show in the past, like there's no personality, there's no character there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And me
1: personally, I love to see the transition from oh, let's listen to this guy's track, like first record, and then like let's hear his current stuff. Yeah, and wow, like big big improvements. You know what I mean? Right. Most of the time, you'll see that or hear that. That to me is really important. And then another side of that is like, you have people that do appreciate that music that you made in those times and could be really special to them. And without having that music there, you might lose fans. Yeah, good point. People might be like, Kinda of salty <laughs> about it, you know? So Yeah. There's really no detriment in keeping your music up there. There's nothing that's gonna hurt you about doing that. And I think that's what people overthink. It's like an artist thing. They overthink, oh my god, somebody's gonna hear my old track and they're gonna judge me. They're gonna they're gonna degrade my, my quality or my talent. They're gonna say, Oh, he's not good or she's not good because this sound isn't current. Right, but go to your current stuff, and you're pushing your current shit. What the hell does it matter? When, you Absolutely. know, you did it in the past, so it, it's an interesting thing, and I noticed it from a, from a couple DJs, not only DJs in our market, but also in hip hop. There's people that I follow that have pulled their older catalogs because they're like, oh, it doesn't, it's not what I'm about now. Mm. But yo, that's what you were about then. Yeah, that's. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like, that's that's a true testament of how you were feeling at that
0: time. It's like a time capsule. People want the story, man. Like, I, I was... The story. I was breezing through your stuff today, man. You've been releasing tracks for a long time, and it was really cool to hear. I mean, and you could be as big as someone like, you know, maybe more mainstream like Jaws or Calvin Harris again to bring him up, dude. If you listen to some of his first shit, like, I can't remember what the album was Incredible. called. But... I mean, that made me love him even more because I got an idea of what it was like to be Calvin Harris then and what it's like to be him now. And Cascade, too, is Cascade, a great example. Cascade. Oh, my God. Cascade's probably a better example. Some of the best,
1: like, like true house tracks back in the day. Yeah. And, like, think about it for a second.
0: If he deleted
1: those from a catalog and didn't have that for you to listen to... <laughs> You know, like, how, yeah. you, how are you supposed to know that this guy was, was like an OG OG, triple OG? Like, yeah. then it's like, wow, like, it wows people, like, especially the newer people. They're like, damn, you know, like, Calvin Harris has been producing for so long. Okay, yeah. now I get it. You know, yeah. Now I see the transition. Like, all the hate lash that, ca- that happened with Get yep. you know, like, that was a big thing. Like, people were just hating and hating. And all that did was... Made that mo- that man even more rich. Like all the hate, all the memes, all the fucking Tomorrow World like yeah. videos of him spacing out. That just lined his pockets. That's all it did.
0: Yeah, I, I dude, it's it's so crazy how that can all come back to you in a positive way. And there's something to be said, yeah. as cliche as it sound, is it's all about the journey because we don't know the destination. You can make that goal, but you have to enjoy the ride along the way. And that goes from keeping your story out there to the world. So. I'm right there with you, man. I I couldn't agree more. Like, if you listen to the first episode of my podcast and you listen to this one right now, it is a lot fucking different. And as much as I'd like to say I don't want to hear myself then, you know, the production, my rhetoric, all that sort of stuff, my confidence, it's important for me to go back just for myself and say, you've come a long way. So, you know, you have to
1: remind yourself, give yourself credit, guys. Honestly, don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, that's. uh, you could be your like be your own biggest critic. That I, I totally agree with doing. Like you should definitely be hypercritical of your work. Yeah. But don't get don't dwell on that or dwell on the on the failures because in this industry there's no such thing as a failure. Yeah. There's only progress. And with every production, whether it gets signed or not, you're learning and you're getting better. So you have to treat every every piece of art that you do or that you take as like a learning experience that's gonna teach you something at the end of it. So I mean, that's just, it's just part of the come up and you just gotta really just like embrace this sort of lifestyle because there are gonna be a lot of downs, there's gonna be tons of rejection. There's gonna be days that you're gonna fucking want to just quit. Like you're not gonna make a lot of money. You're gonna be like thrown up against the wall a lot. You're gonna get confronted by a lot of people. Like these are all things that will mold you into a stronger human being, like a stronger individual. Um, that will eventually turn into this, blossom into this flower, right? Like boom, like you're a fucking multi-million dollar, world traveling DJ or mm-hmm. producer or whatever. Yeah. That is the end goal. But even once you attain those goals, if you're hungry, you're just gonna still keep innovating and still stay ambitious and try new things. Like once you get to that point, all I'll be doing is philanthropy. I'll be fucking donating money and influencing this world in ways that I've always wanted to, you know, like, that's the kind of people that I like to push into the into the spotlight. And when I see that happening, and I see people like Pasquale Rotella doing all these benefits, Beatport, for example, hosting their charity event when this all started, and raising $160,000 within a 30, I don't know, 36 hour stream or something. That is remarkable. That shit yeah. is historic for me because I've always done charity work when I was in martial arts and then as I've gotten into music, the money's so tight that it doesn't allow you to do a lot of that, but you can still do it. I've still done charity work with music, but I wanna do a lot more of that. And we were actually gonna do that with the festival as well. Um, we were gonna have like a gaming s- like portion of it where we're gonna do like a live stream here on Twitch with uh some of the artists playing games and doing live streams with uh professional gamers and doing like uh, an interview as you game which i think is kind of fun because you get this unadulterated version of the artist when you're playing a video game you know it's like uh, <laughs> almost like the hot ones interviews where they're like yeah. forced to like eat the hot wings it's that to me is like you're getting a raw interview that way by like Like, putting these like like, big huge celebrities on this platform where they probably wouldn't really react the same same way way. if they weren't dying
0: on the inside dude it's so funny and I, i like just like the truth or dab is so funny as well i mean truth or
1: dab i haven't heard of that one That sounds more of my style though (laughs) i feel you bro
0: yeah no they have the hottest hot sauces i'll send you the link for the one with dylan francis and diplo but it's so funny but it's uh i love those
1: guys too dylan and and diplo they're just awesome awesome fucking creators like dylan's a hilarious fucking guy i've seen him dj he's blown up because
0: of of things other than his music too same thing with diplo right yeah
1: yeah, they're such person- big personalities. Diplo is on his own, like, world. Like Dude. He's, like, you know, I- I'm so glad that him and Skrillex did work together a bunch because I do see them so similar to one another. Like, Skrillex Their obviously stays more along the lines of, like, our, our style of, like, EDM umbrella. Yeah. But now Diplo's going into, like, country and... You know, like, like, totally dominated pop, you know? Oh, like Higher thing Ground label, too. I mean,
0: he's doing it all.
1: Oh, Higher Ground now is super dope. It's so, dope. like, Diplo just keeps creating.
0: Yeah, He, he he's, just keeps doing it. He's finding ways to make himself uncomfortable to generate creativity within himself, right? I mean, to have lean-on yeah, with that's major a good, laser... that's a really
1: good insight. Yeah.
0: Very good insight. Yeah, you, you yeah
1: have constantly to... putting yourself in, in these, situations these situations that you know you're uncomfortable with. But you know your attitude and yourself enough to know that you're going to be able to spin it in a way that's going to be fun and marketable
0: and just a good quality product. Exactly, man. I mean, it's like with Hot Ones. Like, those people are in situations where it's not their usual song and dance, right? And that's when you get the best experiences for yourself out of other people. And I see that happening in music production more and more now, too. So we'll see. Yeah, it's great, man. Honestly, like,
1: I think aside from the tragedies that are happening around the world and obviously we can do our part to kind of minimize that and be able to you know like lower that curve right now it's really important that we do our part because you know this this just gotta go obviously (laughs) in the meantime yeah we're gonna make the best of our situation but ultimately like we gotta get back to what we're used to and what we're what, like. And all that's gonna happen is we're gonna have a better grasp on life. We're gonna have more appreciation for our lives, for our freedom, for literally just being able to go outside and see a friend or hang out or yeah. go to a club or support a festival. Any of these things are gonna be, be more, like, people are just gonna see it. It's the awareness and, and consciousness. I think as a human race, is actually like elevating now. We're going to be on a different like on a spiritual level we're going to be on a different frequency now. Yep. Because this tragedy, think about all the tragedies that happen in the world. Of course it's really it's really terrible, but after that everybody unites in a way that's like very inspiring and it's heartwarming to see even though there's a tragedy There's always, like, a real underlying factor of that unity that comes from these tragedies that brings people together. Um, So right now, it's a really interesting time. It's an interesting time to see what will develop after all of this happens. Like, think about it. People are going to be, like, post-COVID-19, you know? (laughs) Like, like, you're going to tell your kids, oh, yeah, like, back in uh, 2020, we thought life was... uh, we were riding on our high horses, and a fucking virus came out of nowhere <laughs> and just threw a wrench into our whole lifestyle and our whole being, and our whole existence. Yeah, man. Of just fucking operating as as businesses or creatives or anything, just having a normal life is completely changed now. Sure. Um, people are more aware of their health, which is already something that's been you know a te- like in the next in the last ten years. I feel like more and more people have been taking care of their health, their their well being, more so than in the last twenty years. With all the products on the market that were actually detrimental to your health, because of FDA or whatever it being relaxed, or you know certain products not really getting the the testing that they should have, you know, being approved when they should not. Like you're, you're ingesting garbage most of the time. Yeah. So I think that's also going to play into a role now after this thing. Like, people are just going to be on a different wave, you know? Like, everybody's going to be, like, everybody right now is practicing what they really want to do in life. Like, and if you're not, you're you're figuring it out, you know? You're taking this time. Sometimes you need the time to chill and not do anything and just reflect on your life. Because, like, my, the, the last year in Toronto, I was literally there just doing music. I was... Posted up in my condo, just living my life, loving my life, yeah. and doing everything that I loved. And through that, I, I reached other goals that weren't there in my head prior. Yeah. Like, there are new things, new ventures, new things that I'm going to start executing very soon because of that downtime that I had. I didn't gig as much. I wasn't producing as much. But, but, the, but the gigs that I played and the productions that I made were more significant to me and, and, and meant more to me yeah. than just cranking out fucking
0: 30 records per year. Right. Instead, I did like 10
1: with more attention to detail. Yeah,
0: absolutely, man. So That, that comes with maturity and, and understanding what you want in the future and, you know we hustle so much in the beginning and that's when it's most exciting and then you take a step back to realize like all right i've done a lot of the hard work now how am i going to make this a long-term thing and not wear myself out right
1: sustainability is very important in this industry we all think we're going to live forever but you know our bodies aren't going to do that we're organic human beings like we have to take care of our bodies and if we're traveling and doing gigs and not taking care of ourselves you will see that in DJs. Look at Avicii, bro. It was so sad to see this, yeah. like, the state of his health after touring relentlessly like that. Dude, he looked
0: like a prison of, like, victim. Yeah, like dude, a prison yeah, he
1: victim. Dude, like yeah, he looked like a victim of of the, the like, the conglomerate. Like brand that Avicii became, yeah, because it wasn't him after a while. It became this whole product, you know. And obviously that happens with huge artists and branding, but. He needed to. He, I think he was so passionate about what he did that he didn't want to let people down.
0: Yeah, You know, man, like,
1: like, and I can, I can totally relate. My first stream on this, I did seven hours, <laughs> and afterwards, I felt like I was dead.
0: And I'm <laughs> That's like, a long time. No, but
1: I wanna, but I wanna make sure I don't, you know, make anybody feel left out, or I wanna get to every demo. Well, you can't, you can't make everybody happy, and like it also just promotes uh, patience, but with the Avicii story, it's like, he really just needed to pump the brakes, yeah. you know? like yeah. He needed one of these situations to happen prior to his, his untimely death. Like That was, you know, something that he needed more than anyone, and I think maybe a lot of artists might find themselves in these situations because the money's so good when you're traveling and DJing yeah. that it becomes, like, it just it's it's like clockwork you just continue doing it you keep eating your shitty food you don't have time to work out you don't get the proper amount of sleep you're constantly drinking you're constantly smoking like there's just there's a lot of things that we just oversee and we don't pay attention to as we're younger and then we're coming up and then as I hit 30 yeah like I took my Australian tour I did Asia like I did like literally like a really heavy like tour schedule for about a month yeah i'm like thinking to myself i'm like (laughs) how the fuck do these people do that for like literally a whole year yeah like where you're not home for more than a week like maybe you only even get to go home for a week out of like the three months that you're on tour it's really crazy and i feel like everybody doesn't see that part of a DJ's lifestyle. Everybody yeah. sees us in the light, where we're Blink like, glam,
0: yeah. we're
1: at work, we're having fun. We, you'll, I'll be damned if you ever see me in a club <laughs> or DJ with zero energy or zero passion. <laughs> I take every every gig and every every party that I go to, even if I'm not DJing. You'll never see me standing around. Yep. You'll never see me sitting. Yep. Ever. Like it's just. That's what I do, that's what I'm about. Like, I like to influence this industry in a positive way. And I choose to do that. Even when I'm not feeling it, I will push myself to do that. I will be the last one on the dance floor.
0: Tom, you do, man. you do, like. <laughs>
1: and the first one on the dance floor too. It's like there's a lot of pride in that, bro. I'm sure you're the same. Like, yeah. I'm sure you go out to the clubs nice and early to catch certain DJs that you want to see. Absolutely. And then, I'm Absolutely. sure there's been a lot of times where you stay till the very bitter end when there's fucking five people. Lights
0: the on, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and there's something special about that. Yeah, there probably- is. I used to be like, yes, I'm still fucking here, guys. I'm going to go die now in bed for the next day, but that was totally worth it.
0: I love that, man. I want to ask you, and and this is one of my last ones, um, and you're a great person to ask this question too, obviously with all your experience over the past 10 years and really getting into it, there have been so many changes in the past decade, and now we're in a new decade, and obviously with the COVID crisis this question may even be more different, but what do you think is to come in regards to where the music industry is gonna go?
1: I think uh, I think it's already kind of shown foresight that a lot is gonna go digital with VR and things like that. Like yeah. being able to like put on a headset and feel like you're in a concert. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe not for every DJ, but think about this. Let's, Let's put, put Carl Cox or it. some, some legendary, legendary DJ like himself. himself at A legendary, like, like let's say like, DJs, like, DJs, DJs at the Taj Mahal, yeah, or or at the fucking Colosseum like, in Rome, or like, or like let's put, put, a put a monumental, like, yeah, like, like, wonder yeah. of the world, right? Yeah. and now you have this headset. Obviously, no, nobody can go to this place, like the Forbidden City or something, you know, just yeah. something crazy, yeah, space, <laughs> 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 put. Put your virtual reality, you know, goggles on like you're playing your video games, but now you're transported into the party. Yeah, that's what I've talked about with some friends in the past. And, you know, this is still like five years ago when we were thinking about this and it still hasn't gotten there yet. But okay. going back to Fortnite, there was a marshmallow concert that they hosted in game for 15 minutes, only twice and generated 10, 10 million plus viewers. That to me, I'm like when 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 can I DJ the next Fortnite concert? You know what I mean? Like that's where I see the music industry going. Obviously there's always gonna be a place for live events, like we love getting together and feeling that connection between people. That will never go away. Yeah. Live art is just live art that will live forever and yeah. will be perpetual in our existence as for the technology advancing and the way that we interact and consume music is going to change it Mm -hmm. always does and it always will think of how we went from you know playing vinyls to cassettes and then cds and then mp3s and waves and now we're collaborating through different platforms online through splice and now we're live chatting doing you know demos on twitch and you know there's there's already virtual concerts i see promotions for like in yeah. and Sokak and Ma- and uh, made events and mad decent and all these guys are doing yeah. live events now virtually on twitch and i was already under the impression like a year ago i was like i really want st- to start doing live streaming i i want to start doing gaming streams or whatever because i just always game yeah um i just wanted to kind of test the waters in a sense which I did last year in Toronto. And this year I was like what what better time, yeah. you know? Like, like I don't think I'm going to be able to tour right now. I had to cancel things that we hadn't even announced yet. So, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to continue doing what I do and keep expanding and now try something new yeah i might fall flat on my face we might not do so well in the beginning but it's that's how everything is in the beginning it's it's a new experience you have to build it and you have to stay persistent so that's what i'm trying to do here on Twitch. and honestly the music industry it's just i love it so much because especially our thing is because the music always stays fresh like there's always new producers all over the fucking world that are innovating new styles and and meshing new styles with one another and these streams have actually opened my eyes and ears to that again because rawson was always like it was just done internally like i who, who i would sign people who are my friends that we were working with like Spira before. Mm-hmm. Rarely I would check the demo email and like go through, because I never even listed the demo email. I can't tell you how thousands of demos went to the wrong email. <laughs> so my info email, if you've ever sent me a demo to my info email, i would never checked it because yeah. it was only, that email is there for business,
0: yeah,
1: not for demos. Yep. And I get it, it was the only email that I listed <laughs> For people to contact us. So yeah. obviously I knew people were gonna send demos, but it was very it was a chance, it was a, a, a shot in the dark if if I would open up that email. And sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't, but now with the recent demo streams, like since last year in Toronto, I've opened up the demo email mm-hmm. and this is a totally new experience for me because now we're allowing for more opportunity for people outside of our circle to become part of our family. And it was overwhelming at first, honestly. Like, it's super flattering how many demos we do receive, but it's also overwhelming for a sole proprietor like myself to go through all of these demos, on my own time, too. So, like, it's not as fun as it is as doing it live on Twitch. Like, I actually have a lot of fun and it's becoming really joyful for me to come on stream and talk to everybody that's a part of our family or trying to get onto Rossum. it's just giving a more personal um i guess like relationship with with everybody in the chat and everybody on twitch and people that are signed to the label um it's been a great way to also promote our releases as well i mean it's just there's so many plus sides to doing these and um I have to thank you also for coming on stream and doing this right now. Dude, of course. Because this is this is this is the future right here. Like this yeah. is like honestly like where I see this industry going. Um at least for the foreseeable future. And I don't see it stopping after this all goes away. No. I bet you a million dollars insomniac events and all these big brands are gonna continue doing streams after this is all over. Because yeah, now they see the potential in what this world is about like now people are starting to understand that and it's just weird that I chose to start doing this a year prior you know but just kind of just dip my feet in like I didn't really go all in with it but you know it's it's like anything else you gotta just test the waters a little bit and then um you know
0: just dive right in absolutely man I mean I love what you've been doing, and thank you for the compliment. It really is humbling for me to for you to say that. But like, I'm such a big fan. Chicago loves you, bro. Like, seriously. I, I know, love you guys. I bro. know so many house DJs that love your shit, and they're they're so excited about this. But I, I want to end um, again by acknowledging you. But what's the rest of the year hold? When we talked, earlier, really, you said you were already planning on locking locking yourself up, making music. What's what's the <laughs> schedule for you?
1: Yeah, the schedule is busy, man. Honestly, it's funny that. The, my schedule has just gotten busier and um <laughs> same <laughs> yeah with with all of this that's happening it's only gotten even more busy. Yeah. So honestly, I think this year is gonna be one hundred percent about the music. Yeah. Um hundred fifty percent all about the music because um now we have another platform to release music like with Ross awesome and Deep. Obviously Spira is really starting to gain a lot of traction Um, With our Spotify campaigns. I mean, these are all things that I'm actively like practicing and and doing Myself for my own personal career like my own solo career Yeah that I know works and I'm offering to other people so like that's also building That helps sustain my income and all that money goes back into the labels and all into this thing anyway so like I think reinvesting the money that we make and 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 the funding It's just, you know, it's what I've done since the beginning. It's the only way to really grow your brand is to invest your money and your time into that. And don't, yeah, like, don't don't make a boatload of money and go fucking buy a boat or a car. Like, I would never (laughs) dare to do something like that. Like, that would be so foolish to do, you know? Like, invest your money properly and invest your time really properly because it's going to pay off in the end. Like, those dividends will pay off. Yes. Um, But for me, it's really all about the labels right now. Spira, Rossum, and uh, Rossum Deep. And obviously I have a couple of my own productions coming out on a new label called Greco's House. So it's the self-titled, kind of a place for me to just be me and not give a fuck about any styles or whatever, like, if you appreciate it, awesome. If you don't, that's cool too. We got other places for you to to exist and, and to support. So with this, it's more of a personal journey with Greco's House, it's something new. I'm also developing more of the music festival branding and the vision behind that. I've also started, or in the midst of starting a wave, trap, and hip hop collective called The Wave Stage. Um, That will be our second stage at the music festival in conjunction with The House and Techno Stage. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's really important to have that contrast Yeah, in music, um, because there is a lot of great music being produced, and I'm noticing a lot of underground music from this style, this wave style of music, and it's super inspiring, man. Like, it's really keeping me in great spirit lately, because this is listening music. It's more of, it's not really like. (laughs) <laughs> it's not music that you really hear in the club very often, and it's really, really? Yeah. producer uh, focused. Yeah. So it's like I'm digging for like these really innovative, like sound design wise, is incredible. Um, I actually have a playlist that we started building called the Wave Stage. So it's really in conjunction to the to the music festival that we're we're curating right now and organizing. But obviously, we're putting the brakes on events. We had a bro. We had a New York City boat party. For June twenty sixth that I didn't even get to announce, but it's June twenty sixth. It's literally in two months. So I can't really say what's gonna happen in the future, but I'm praying things go away soon. Yeah. Because we have our five year anniversary in Amsterdam this year for the boat party on uh, for the Ross Boat Party. In October for ADE. AD. Yeah. So I'm really hope like like I said like we all have to practice that like social distancing and just do our part and just try to be safe and, and smart and you know God willing we get back to what we we love doing and we get to you know like start going to events and producing events again so right now it's all about these demo streams like Monday uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays and Sundays and then um, honestly just being very creative right now just constantly creating thinking of new ideas not really being afraid to think outside the box right now because think about it everybody's trying to be funny and creative right now so like yeah <laughs> so just, i like your assets as a human being like what makes you unique like take that uniqueness and show that to the world like no matter what it is people will appreciate you for who you are like don't try to be like everybody else. Just like highlight what you are about and like, like really focus on those things that you pride yourself on. You know, like maybe you're a great artist or maybe you can you fucking can twist, twist your tongue eight, eight different ways <laughs> or, um, like, you know, like random shit. Like, yeah. And try to like be creative with those talents and, and those assets that you have in life. Like focus on the good, don't let the fucking crappy shit bringing down like honestly just stay positive try to stay as optimistic as possible in this industry right now because we always overcome like we always prevail as a race as a human race like we will get through this like this too shall pass but like it's really up to us to like do what we can right now because we don't know when we're gonna have time like this ever again in our entire lives you know what i mean like we're so one-track minded especially coming from chicago or new york like we're just like we're focused man like yeah you can't fuck with us when it comes to focus and, like we lose focus of almost our happiness in those in those things like yeah. we forget to do things that are really important to us that we oversee we overlook when we're just so busy with life you know because yep. we we're just so busy as as creatives or as human beings now so we really have to just like it's cool that life is kind of putting everyone on a break involuntary break pretty much because we have no control over this yeah and um yeah i just want to say a shout to like everybody in the medical field and in the service industry that's still yeah. have still has, has to go to work and kind of risk their lives every day to you know keep the economy moving and keeping people healthy so yeah, bro. yeah shout out to anybody in the medical field right now just doing their thing it's, it's really incredible it's inspiring us too um knowing that we have people like them out there you know for the greater good you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's pretty been. wild like they're they're these heroes i love these these artworks that are being made with like you know nurses depicted as like Angels and shit, you know, yeah. it's it because it's it's so true. You know, it's a true depiction of What they're doing and what they're risking for us as a human race and as like think about it No matter what fucking religion you are and no matter what country you're from what color your skin is Everybody's being affected by this and none of that will protect you from getting this virus. Yeah, and It's sad that that's happening, but it's also opening people's eyes about like segregation and racism and all these underlying things that are from a past civilization and a past mindset like these are all consciousness that were like so far in the past Mm -hmm. like we're in 2020 now we're in fucking we're in the future we're living in the future and there's no room for any of that and 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 back to house music is that has always been one of the most important things and important factors of our industry is acceptance and respect and um i I think you know there needs to be more of that in the world like people like us in in this industry it's honestly really incredible like we should be world leaders bro
0: (laughs) (laughs) greg for prez i'll take vp but that's it yeah i i don't know about president man that's a, that's a tough role to play. president, I got president enough, we
1: got enough uh dealing with over here in uh in the awesome <laughs> world
0: you know what I, I mean, it's, mean. Uh,
1: dude i mean thank you so much for jumping on stream it's been so fun to catch up and honestly like i'm really excited to finally get to like link up again in the future you too man you know kind of just like reminisce about this whole thing you know yeah. like, i think there's gonna be a lot of great music that's gonna come out I mean, we're signing bombs, like, like the best music I've heard so far with this label. Awesome. Um, and that goes to, that, that says a lot, man. I mean, this is, and these are all new artists that I have not been exposed to at all. Great. So these are new artists for us. I've never heard of some of these guys. We have an 11 year old from Spain that's producing incredible music. Like there's so much happening right now that it's almost <laughs> overwhelming, but it's, it's an overwhelming like, Excitement, you know, nothing negative.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much. I mean, you can thank me, but it really is my pleasure. I'm such a big fan um and i just agree. bro i'm a
1: huge fan of yours too man thanks, i'm bro. really glad that you came up to me and said hello at movement like that those moments perpetuate in life bro that's like a connect for life like you are a friend for life because of that so i appreciate Absolutely, you man i
0: got so much respect for you and everything you do especially after this conversation so thank you so much for taking the time and thanks to everybody who yeah, right. watched and tuned in and supported
1: yeah, yeah. Everybody should give him a give
0: him a follow, my man. Start in the booth. Yeah, baby. And this one will be out next week, so we'll send it out to the people. But I really do appreciate Perfect. it, Tom. You have a great day, man. You as well, bro. Alright, homie. Take care. Peace.